are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back in, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. This is going to be episode 17, uh, coming to you guys on December 6th of 2020. Uh, we got a lot going on. We have the non-tender deadline this week. We had a couple trades happen, uh, free agent signing, uh, and then we're going to go through our AL West uh, division breakdown today and give you a rundown of what that division's looking like through the offseason and what to expect from them. Uh, but before we jump into all of that, I would like to bring in my co-host, Matt. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, just uh, hanging out this week. I'm ready to talk about some baseball. We had a pretty busy day on the non-tender deadline for sure that was inter- pretty entertaining um and uh just i haven't been doing too much so how about yourself and just uh just really hanging out like you said i mean we, there was a couple names that surprised me when we had that uh the non-tenders and then you know just watching some uh some crazy football this weekend with like byu and coastal carolina that was a crazy game oh and, yeah it sure was and then the, with the raiders and jets today going down to a a touchdown yeah. three seconds the Jets, left. the Jets made sure to protect their number one pick with that play call. Oh, dude, there yeah. was, I saw something that said that there's been 251 plays that fit the criteria um, of like what it was with like under 15 seconds, a four to eight point lead, and all of this. And since 2006, 251 of those plays have been ran. Yeah, I saw the same thing. <laughs> zero teams before today had ran a seven man blitz on a play like that. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe they actually ran that, but hey, whatever they can do to get the number one pick, I guess. Tank for Trevor. That's what you got to do. Well, since we started with a little bit of football talk on this one, let's go ahead and jump into baseball now. Um, one of the two trades that we had happen this week was the Angels traded for a new shortstop, uh, getting Jose Iglesias from the Baltimore Orioles for two right-handed pitching prospects of. I want to say it's Gene Pinto and Garrett Stallings. Um, Jose Iglesias is a guy who's more known for his defensive side um, of the ball, being a great defensive war player, but the offense is very much non-existent. Um, It's a guy in his career who has a 319 on base percentage. Uh, He had a career year this year, though, batting 373, having a 400 on base. Uh, So I don't know if that's so much of a, a... Baltimore environment, you know, hitting in Camden Yards is is a very hitter-friendly ballpark. Um, but it's a guy who's going to bring stability to the defensive side of the ball and not a huge drop-off from what they were getting from uh, Andrew Simmons. Yeah, um, this was an interesting trade here. Um, the the Angels get a, a solid defensive shortstop who's hit pretty well, and for especially for contact over the last few years and has been – a uh, pretty consistent player for his career. Of course, he's famous for having played in Detroit when they're when the Tigers are really good. Um, and they're going to acquire a couple of um, a couple of pitching prospects. Um, Gian Pinto is a uh, low minors uh, pitching prospect. He's um, he he had pretty good numbers in rookie ball in 2019. But of course, it's hard to find. Uh, it's hard to find some of these guys uh, right now because of there was obviously no um, there was obviously no no minor league ball this year, um, and that's what um, that's what happened with Garrett Stallings is that I believe he was a draft pick from this season, um, and um, or it was last season, and he was on the sixty day DL. So he actually has not played in the minor leagues yet because he was brought in i guess he had a tommy john surgery or something i'm not exactly sure why he was on the injured list last year but um he was assigned to the arizona league and he never played or at least he didn't play much and in uh and then this year of course he has been um traded so after not having played because there was no minor league season so it'll be interesting to see what garrett stallings ends up being um but uh i, I think i mean i you know, you get a couple of guys who I'm assuming are probably pretty high upside arms. Uh, if you're the Orioles, you know, kind of rebuilding that farm depth. Every team needs some low minors arms, you know, and you never know when one might develop. And uh, the Angels get a, you know, a solid 
major league shortstop for uh, to replace their the departing Angelton Simmons. So I think it's a pretty fair trade. Yeah, it's very fair, and I, I think it's at least, is at least um, you know I, the Orioles weren't probably expected to get much for him and get to two pitching prospects who, you know, they're kind of in the middle of that rebuild as well, and maybe you can strike gold on one of them. Um, yes. And then for the Angels side, it it just we'll we'll talk about them a little bit later, but they have a lot of offensive pieces um, around that team already. Uh, that they he's kind of that defensive anchor that'll you know just kind of keep everything. Yes, he will. You know, he, he's consistently good at defense, where some of those other guys are are going to be kind of yeah. iffy. And just a note on Garrett Stallings, he was a fifth round pick out of Tennessee, um, so that's that's where he came from a couple years ago. But... Well, not bad. Uh, yeah. But we did have one other trade happen, which was it was kind of a weird trade because it was said that he was going to be non-tendered, and then all of a sudden he's not non-tendered, and now he's been traded. Um, but that's Corey Knebel has been traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, for a player to be named later or cash. So um, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, if you're the Dodgers, you're not really giving up anything for him. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that since the cash could be the the return, that you're not going to give up much more much of a player to be named later. But uh, Knebel is, a, you know, he's been a solid. He was a closer for the Brewers for a while. Um, he's a solid player. Solid pitcher. Um, he got injured, I believe, in the middle of 2018, and he didn't yeah. play in 2019. Um, and then this year had a pretty miserable season, but he only pitched in 13 innings. So um, I think this is a move for the Dodgers, kind of like picking up Blake Chine and you know, see if you, you got this guy who's before been a pretty elite reliever, see if you can you know get that magic back for him. I, I think that's all this has to do. Um, so. I mean, it's not really a bad trade for the Dodgers. And, of course, you know, the Brewers say, well, we could get cash or a player to be named later for somebody. We're going to non-tender anyway, so we might as well. So, um, I think, you know, pretty good pretty good stuff there. Yeah, it was it was smart, too, for the Dodgers to jump on because supposedly when Knable had, uh, he had talked to his agent, you know, and he had said, like, hey, we're going to get non-tendered. Uh, and then we're going to go out to the free market. His agent was already hearing from teams about potentially signing Corey Knebel. Um So there was, there was actually going to be quite a bit of interest. And then before the, the transaction was actually completed, the Dodgers swooped in and did get him. Um, he's a former All-Star 2017. Uh, I think he led the league in saves that year, or he was... 39 saves. Yeah, he had 39 saves in 76 innings. Um, you know, 253, uh, fit, fielding independent pitching, a 178 ERA. But like you said, he, he needed Tommy John surgery halfway through 2018. He had pitched 55 innings, um, and then he's coming back this year. So he's going to be a bounce-back candidate. Maybe he fills more of the role of Pedro Baez. Um, since he's a free agent now, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Blake Trinan as well. So guy who can, you know, the Dodgers have found something about trying to, you know, get these pitchers. If you look at Brandon Morrow or Joe Blanton or uh, who's the other one they did? outside of trying and I forget, but they have a history of getting these guys who are, you know, on the downswing and turn around and finding something in them. Um, so maybe this can be another one of those scenarios. Maybe so. But, uh, maybe so. But we did have uh, one signing actually happen this week. And that was for another bullpen arm. The New York Mets signed relief pitcher Trevor May to a two year, $15.5 million contract. Yeah. So Trevor May, um, uh is he's played his entire career with the twins um good pitcher um he's he actually was originally a starter um and had a pretty good season in 2015 as a starter with uh he threw um he played he pitched in 48 games but he did he started 16 so he wasn't a starter full time but he pitched to a 325 uh fip and a four a flat four era which is pretty solid, um, and 2.5 wins above replacement that season. But since then, he's been a reliever. He had Tommy John surgery, and I believe he, it was during the 2016 season, but it might have been after the 2016 season. Uh, he didn't pitch at all in 2017, but he, um, he's he been a solid relief pitcher. He throws hard, got a good fastball, got good spin rate. Um, in uh, 2018, he was really good, the 320 ERA. 2019, a 294 ERA. He's just a solid relief pitcher. He's not going to – I don't think he will be a closer for the Mets, but I think he will probably be um, – I think he will probably be a um, 
a good setup guy for them. So um, solid signing. I mean, the price about what you would think is in line with a good setup guy. So, um, you know, I like the move for the Mets. They obviously, if you can afford relief, you know, adding a pretty good relief pitcher off the market, then, you know, you should. So, um, and he's a pretty good one. Yeah, I think this also he's they're hoping that he can be a setup guy for an Edwin Diaz. Um, you know, I don't know if they still have Jerry's familiar or not, but maybe yeah. hoping he can fill that role. But what I think this really allows um, is that it allows Seth Lugo to move to the rotation full time. Um, they're not going to have to worry about bouncing him back and forth to the bullpen, even though I think he's a better bullpen arm. But they seem to really like him as a starter. Um, so that I, I just figure that this Trevor May deal, who's a you know a, a hard throwing right-handed reliever that's pretty durable, uh, it kind of fits exactly what kind of Lugo is doing for him. So that kind of you know if they don't sign a starting pitching a starting pitcher in this free agency market, yeah. that always allows them to kind of just push Lugo into the rotation. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I I I agree with you on the fact that I think Lugo's definitely better suited for the bullpen. Um, he can you know use that curveball he has and I just I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan about I'm definitely not a fan of bouncing him back and forth though so if they think he's a starter then you know move him to the rotation full time if they think he's a reliever then which I think he's a reliever then yeah. have him be in the bullpen and I mean you can never have too many good relievers too so you know maybe Trevor May and Lugo and Edwin Diaz that forms a pretty good combo at the end of their bullpen I mean so yeah, and, uh, I, and- Lugo not only could be high leverage, but he can be a guy who can be high leverage for two to three innings. Yeah, he can he can pitch a couple innings um, for sure. So yeah, so I mean, he's a guy you can you can I mean, heck, he might even be one hell of an opener for you. you know he could I mean? be. You want yeah, to start him as, as an opener for that and let him go three innings, and if he's going good, then maybe just let him keep going or something. But uh, yeah, but the, there you never know. It, it is a good move just to strengthen that bullpen for the Mets. Um, you know, give them. A lot of options. They've kind of struggled in the past couple of years having good bullpen options. Um, kind of getting, you know, trying to get bounce back candidates and stuff, and really relying on your starting pitchers more. Um, but Jacob Degrom can only do so much for you. So absolutely. But uh, that's pretty much all of the, you know, free agents and trade um, trades that happened this week. Now we're gonna jump into the non-tender candidates. Um, we're not gonna list them all for you, uh, but we will give you some of the the bigger names that we thought. There's a couple names that kind of surprised me in here, um, but and I'll hit on those kind of as we go. But uh, overall, the ones we were going to hit on is Kyle Schwarber, Eddie Rosario, Brian Goodwin, Archie Bradley, Adam Duvall, Michael Franco, Nomar Mazzara, David Dahl, Jose Urania, Jose Martinez, Travis Shaw, and Albert Almora Jr. Yeah, all these guys are uh, really notable. Um, I think the biggest, the most notable one would definitely be Kyle Schorber. Um, he's got a career um, OPS over 800 and a career 113 WRC plus, which means he's been about he's been pretty well above average as a hitter. Uh, about 10 wins above replacement in his career. 121 career home runs. Um, this is a guy who was a part of the Cubs core. Uh, he's a high draft pick. He played. He was you know one of their World Series heroes. I was very surprised to see him get non-tendered. Yes. Um, I think he, he was probably the most surprising one to me. Um, the uh, A couple other big ones, Eddie Rosario um, from the Twins. He had a 277, 310, 476 career slash line, which is pretty dang good. Uh, 106 WRC+. plus. He's been, actually been worth more than Schwarber in his career at 11 wins above replacement. Um, hit 13 home runs this year. He's not, he's a pretty he's a good player but he hasn't been like a breakout um a, a super breakout guy he hits the ball hard his biggest problem is his plate discipline though uh, you know his walk rate's always been really low he's got a 4.7 career walk rate uh 4.7 percent which is pretty bad so um you know you'd like to see him get that up but if as long as he hits for power you know he's had a he's been had been an above average hitter for the last four seasons which is, um, you know, pretty impressive. Um, you know, some other guys, uh, I thought I, the, the, one of the more surprising ones to me was Archie Bradley from the Reds. And um, 
the and he he had a 2.95 ERA this year, and um, he's a guy who's been really good for a long time. 2017 was obviously his best year when he had that 1.73 ERA for the Diamondbacks. Um, but Damian, there's been a lot of Reds that are that are on this list. Him and Brian Goodwin being being two of them. What I, I'm it's crazy to me to think what could be going on there. It's, yeah, it's it's really weird. I mean, when we talked about last week. Um, about how they were potentially, you know, in trading Sonny Gray. And then it came out this week that they were not only, like, you know, interested in it, but they're being sort of aggressive on trying to trade him. Um, and and I mean, when I saw that, I mean, we had talked about it last week, but I really didn't go in-depth into, like, what it was. And then when that came out, I was like, man, is there something that I'm not seeing here? And I, I looked under the underlying numbers, and I looked at the contract. And, I mean, he's a guy who is an all-star caliber player and is only signed to – on average, a $10 million contract for the next two to three seasons. Uh, I think it's $10 million, 10.2, and then he has an option for like 12. Uh, and it's just really surprising that the, you know, we've talked about the Reds, you know, about, uh, you know, they've signed Nick Castellanos last year. They signed Shogo Akiyama. They, they kind of went out there and was like, well, hey, we're going to go for it. And, you know, now it, it came out actually this week that they were, you know, in the market for a shortstop as well, like one of the top shortstops. So to, to release or non-tender a guy like Archie Bradley and even Brian Goodwin, who was a serviceable outfielder for you, um, and then look into trading Sonny Gray as well. It's it's very head scratching. I just and we'll talk about another team uh, here in a little bit about the money situation. But I mean, is is this just a sign that teams are really that bad off after this pandemic-filled season? Yeah, I guess it could be. Uh, I mean, the the Brian Goodwin one is it, it surprised me a little bit, but he also did struggle when he got to Cincinnati last year. He was solid with the Angels. Twenty nineteen, he had a uh, he had about two wins above replacement, which is a real solid regular everyday player, and uh, he was an above average hitter. But he did struggle with the Reds. But Archie Bradley, I mean, that one really surprised me just because he's a controllable reliever. He's not going to be extremely expensive, and. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like he's a guy who had a good 2020. He's been a good pitcher for a while. He had one down year somewhere in there, and he gets non-tendered by a team that's supposedly supposed to be a contender. I mean, I would think they would want to add bullpen arms and not subtract good bullpen arms. So um, I think Archie Bradley's a guy that's going to draw a lot of interest on the market. A couple others that we – oh, go ahead. I was going to say a name on this list that really surprised me was that guy de- or, uh, non-tendered was David Dahl um, mm-hmm. from the from the Colorado Rockies. He was supposed to be one of their, you know, core prospect pieces with, you know, Brandon Rogers and uh, Garrett Hampson and, and Trevor Story, you know, to kind of go along with Nolan Arenado. And, I mean, he's been a solid major leaguer outside of this season. He really struggled this year, but, you know, before that, I mean, he had an on-base percentage of 360, 325, and 353. Um, you know, was a 270 to 300 hitter. You know, he, he did strike out a lot, didn't walk all that much. Um, but I, I just I don't understand why they would let him go. I mean, he had a yeah, he really struggled this year with a 183 average, uh, only a 222 on-base percentage. But I mean, I think he was even battling some injuries as well. He only played in 24 games. Um, that was just a real yeah, he, move. He has battled injuries for a lot of his career. Um, he he's actually a guy. It's actually a guy that's from really close to where I live in Birmingham, Alabama. He's he's lived. He grew up just south of Birmingham. Um, so I've followed him pretty closely, and he's got a really good slash line. Like you said, a uh, 286, 334, 494 career line. Um, he was a former top ten pick in the draft as well, but. Um, He's when he's been in the big leagues, his, his bat's been really good. His defense has been left some to be desired, but I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, I think he's a pretty good player. Um, now, if he gets out of Coors Field, you never know what might happen. So uh, maybe they're thinking that you know he's a guy that's aided by Coors, and they could just add in another guy. But I, he's he's young. He's still just uh, you know, he, he's still just 26 years old. I, I mean, I pretty sure somebody will be interested in picking him up a um, couple other guys too the um, <clears throat> the one of the more notable ones um, because of this season was Adam Duvall who hit 16 home runs this year which was top five in the National League um, had 116 WRC plus he he's a guy who as a Bra and he's from the Braves of course he's a guy who 
he he had a few weeks there where he was hitting tons of home runs and he's done this before but he's real inconsistent and through the rest of the season he was pretty bad um and he had an one of the worst postseasons I can remember outside of one big home running hit in the, uh, in the wild card series. Other than that, he, he had one of the worst postseasons I can remember. So I do get it. Although, um, you know, you would hope the Braves have a plan there to replace him. Cause he was a guy you were probably expecting to be a starting outfielder next year. So, um, that was an interesting one. Um, Michael Franco is another one. He's been inconsistent in his career, but he seemed to have a bounce back this year. He had, you know, 1.3 wins above replacement for the Royals, who are a team that's in obvious need of guys that um that can that can just be good major leaguers. And Michael Franco was one of them. He he was really solid this year. Um, you know, he improved his defense. His bat was pretty decent. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know exactly why the Royals decided to non-tender him, but I do know they obviously have uh, Hunter Dozier that can play third potentially that they might, you know, be opening a spot up for there. But uh, that was an interesting one. And a few others that were just kind of um, notable were um, Jose Urena. He's pretty average pitcher, 460 career ERA, but he was the longest tendered Marlin. So I figured we'd mention him. Nomar Mazzara, he uh he was traded from Texas to was he traded or did he get uh non-tendered last year? Do you know? He was traded. He was traded. Okay, he was traded to to the White Sox and he struggled again this year. Um, but he's a former top prospect and uh, seemed like for about three or four years it was he was the breakout candidate for every writer every year for a while there. Um, and um, a couple other guys, uh, Travis Shaw, um. Had he was actually a really good player for a couple of years there, 2017, 2018, after being a solid, you know, bench player, utility type guy for the Red Sox. And 20, he had a 7.1 win above replacement for his first two years in um, Milwaukee, but he really struggled in 2019. And this year he bounced back a little bit, uh, had an okay year, not not great, not terrible. Um, it's kind of an average player. So, um, that was kind of a little bit surprising. Um, then Albert Almora um, and Jose Martinez, who was traded uh, from the Cardinals to the Rays and then from the Rays to the Cubs, and he pretty much did nothing this year. But he does have a 117 career WRC+, plus, which is means he's a pretty good bit above average as a hitter. Um, and Albert Almora obviously is notable just because he was one of those uh, Cubs core pieces that won on the World Series, even though he was more of just a role player that kind of a fourth outfielder, played some center field, platooned a little bit. Um, as a former top pick, that one didn't surprise me at all, but it was interesting for sure. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting movements um, and questioning movements during this non-tender uh, deadline, which we, we sort of see that every year, um, but it was a little bit, I feel like a little bit bigger names um, got a... Uh, Got non-tendered this year. I don't know if that's because of the the way the market's looking or the, uh, the the way the pandemic has affected the season or whatever. But yeah, and and on that note, you, you mentioned that, and it seems to me like there's kind of a pattern here. the The Reds non-tendered two guys. The Cubs non-tendered three guys out of these that were you know on these note this notable list. And obviously, there were a lot of teams that non-tendered different different players that we didn't mention, but um, you know, there's two teams non-tendered about half of these these guys that we've considered notable. Um, so, you know, that might be a couple teams that are trying to clear up some some money space for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll, let's get on to some of the rumor um, phases of, that we have of this episode. Um, and one of the more interesting ones that actually came out today was that the Indians um, are eyeing the Toronto Blue Jays for a potential Lindor trade. Um, with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. being one of the key pieces they want back. Uh, we went in depth about talking about what Lindor is and, and how great of a player he is before. Um, but it's interesting to hear Lourdes Gurriel's name. Um, you know, he's a guy who signed as an international free agent in, I want to say it's 2017. He signed a seven-year, $22 million deal. Um, and with these, with these international free agents, it's a little weird. Um, his contract was for seven years, which would be, you know, 
over the normal length of what a team would have a guy once he reaches the majors. Um, but when his contract actually runs through 2023, he's actually arbitration eligible for 2024. Um, and then he's a free agent in 2025. And his contract's relatively small. I mean, he's only going to make $3.5 million this year, $4.5 million the next year, and five point four in 2023. Um, so that arbitration three-year, you know, he's only going to be looking at a salary, I mean, maybe even under $10 million. Um, He shouldn't be getting that big of a jump, really. Um, so that's an interesting name that the, the Indians, you know, they have five years of control pretty much. They'd be getting, um, if, they, if this was a piece that they couldn't, Pull off. He's more of a, a corner outfielder. Uh, he can play some second base, but he's not great at it. Um, so it'd be an interesting. I, we we've talked about how they need more of a center fielder this year, um, but maybe that allows them to move Fran Mill or Josh Naylor to a uh, to a DH role. Yeah. Um, he he was he he's a pretty good player. He he had a he had a good 2020. Um, 57 games. Uh, had a uh, 138 WRC plus hit hit 308 348 own base 534 slugging had 11 home runs um he's a guy who can steal a few bases too last year in 84 games stole six this year in 57 games stole three so you could maybe count on him over a full season to steal 10 to 15 bases um I mean he's he's a guy who I don't think that I don't think you're going to get a super high upside with him. He does hit the ball pretty hard, but his plate discipline leaves some to be lacking. His strikeout rates steadily dropped, but he's he doesn't walk a lot. Um, he's pretty he's a pretty free swinger. It's a little bit like a little bit like um, like Yuli Gurriel at the plate. Um, so you could obviously see him have a year where he hits really well and has a big year. Um, and you could see him. I could see him develop into a pretty solid you know, everyday player. He already is a solid everyday player in my opinion, but um, he, I don't know if, if I were the Indians, I would try to get more upside out of Lindor, get a prospect who's got a higher ceiling. Um, you know, I think Gurriel's ceiling is probably a pretty good regular, but I don't think he's got like an all-star ceiling and I don't, and, and he doesn't play a premium position. So if you're the Indians, I think you try to look at maybe, kind of a shortened rebuild with the way that their payroll looks right now where they trade a couple of these pieces and pick up a, a couple of um, a couple of solid um, prospects and try and you know maybe a two-year rebuild instead of a long-term rebuild um, but they um, I mean the contract speaks for itself and Lindor is going to be owed a lot of money this year through arbitration and then in the future he's a free agent so this is a controllable guy, pretty cheap cost. He can play every day. He's got, you know, a, a, probably a, he's, he's a, I hope he, he's an above average regular as is his upside. So I, I think this, this would be a pretty solid move. I'm sure they would want probably someone else thrown in there for a guy, the caliber of Lindor, but yeah. um, he, Gurriel would definitely be the headliner here. Yeah. That, it, you know, like you said, it's it's a head-scratching sort of uh, move, but it is a move that, you know, he has a little cross-controlled, so maybe that allows yeah. them to put financial, you know, towards something else. Maybe get a key free agent to play that center field spot like we've been talking about or something. But uh, another move, which we kind of talked about last week with the way JT Realmuto's name came up and saying that the Phillies weren't going to be able to re-sign him, um, is that, you know, it came out that they're potentially looking into trading Zach Wheeler, um, last year, Zach Wheeler signed a five-year, $118 million contract that takes him through 2024. Um, you know, and the, I think he's the owner or CEO or something came out today and was like, Zach Wheeler's not going anywhere. Like, I wouldn't trade him for Babe Ruth. Like, yeah, well, I saw that. Considering, considering Babe Ruth isn't alive now, I mean, that would be a t terrible trade. But <laughs> if, if, if that guy's saying that he wouldn't trade Zach Wheeler for Mike Trout straight up, you know that that's that's a pretty bold-faced lie yeah. um so i don't it, it just it throws even more wrenches into this whole conversation we had last week with rio muto yeah and i think this just pretty much confirms the the phillies issues with payroll um i don't necessarily expect him to trade wheeler even though there that rumor was out there this week but um it, i think it confirms the fact that teams are that the Phillies are worried about payroll and um, 
you know, when you spend stupid money, sometimes you have some stupid consequences. So, um, you know, Zach Wheeler, good pitcher, uh, 2018, 2019, over four wins above replacement both years for the Mets. Um, this year is pretty solid for the Phillies. His strikeout rate actually tanked this year, which was weird, but he also got the ball on the ground a lot. So maybe he made some adjustments there, um, changed some things up a little bit, but, um, this guy who, you know, I think he's on a fairly good deal for him, uh, $118 million. Um, I, I mean, he's, he won't be a freeze controlled through 2024 and, you know, that's about 23 million a year. So, um, for a guy who can be, I, I don't know if I'd call him an ace, but I think he's a solid number two. Um, oh, yeah, so, he's, he's at least a solid number two. Yeah, he's definitely a solid mm-hmm. number two. So I, I think, um, you know, the Phillies, the Phillies are either, if the Phillies are, are that worried about payroll to the point of trading their number two pitcher, who's not on a super expensive contract, then they're probably going into rebuild mode 2.0. So, um, but, I don't really expect that to happen. I expect them to probably stand pat for the most part at the end of the day um, and hope that some of their young players are able to take the next step, like a guy like maybe Scott Kingery or something, um, and and maybe a young pitcher comes out, like uh, Spencer Howard that made his major league debut this year. But I, I'm, I definitely am not high on – the Phillies trading Zach Wheeler. I think that's a terrible idea. If they're still trying to win, if they decide to trade everybody and blow it up and rebuild again, then obviously I'm all about it. But I think, um, I think Zach Wheeler is a guy who I don't think he's, I don't, I don't really expect him to get moved. And if they were to trade Bryce Harper, that would be the biggest laughing stock. Yeah. I highly, I highly doubt they could trade him even if they tried to do because of the contract in the COVID year, but you never know. He's (laughs) teams would, I don't know. In the COVID COVID year, I I don't know. That's a lot of money. That's just us speculating though. But, uh, yeah, it's Phillies are not in a great spot. Um, Not at all, especially with especially with the division. the The Braves have a really good core, and you know have won three three straight division titles and look to be World Series contenders again. The Mets seem to be getting better um, with their new ownership that they might be able to, you know, not be incompetent anymore. And then the Marlins are starting to have some of their young talent in their farm system get to the big league level to the point to where they might be a pest. And um, the Nationals, you know, they still got some good young players, and I think they're still committed to trying to improve their current team too. So um, the Phillies are kind of in a rough spot right now um, that, at that point. So, Yeah. Anyways, that's going to wrap up our, um, you know, kind of rumors and, and actual moves, uh, transactions week, we should say. Um so let's go ahead and get into our American League West uh, division breakdown. We're going to start with the Oakland Athletics that went 36 and 24 this year. Um, they've they're going to have some major turnover this year. Um, they don't usually spend a lot of money, and they're losing a lot of key pieces. We got Robbie Grossman's a free agent, Marcus Simeon's a free agent, Mike Fires is a free agent, Liam Hendricks, Yosemiro Petit, and Joaquin Soria are all free agents for them. Yeah, this is uh that's a lot of losses for the A's. Now, really the best player out of that list was their reliever, uh Liam Hendricks, but that's a that's a big back of the bullpen that they lost. Hendricks, Petit, and Soria. Those are three really good relievers who had fantastic seasons this year. Um Robbie Grossman had a really good season playing outfield for them as well. Um Marcus Simeon is a long term uh been there a long time with the A's. He he's he was a really good shortstop, almost won the MVP last year. But um, this year he was he had a little bit of a down year. Of course, shortened season, uh, you know, he started to come on a little bit at the end of the year. I don't put too much on him. Um, Still a and then, um, shortstop as well. Oh, yeah, he's a great defensive shortstop. And he's at the, he had, he's been a little inconsistent at the plate, but last year he was great at the plate, you know. So this yeah. year he was – you know, had a, I think he had some injury issues early in the season this year too that might have held him back a little bit. And Mike Fires has been a, you know, he's not a great pitcher. He's 
pretty average, uh, but he's been a, a guy who's kind of anchored that rotation. He's been there for a few years, a uh, veteran guy. Um, it's always, it always hurts to lose a veteran guy. They bring back Chapman, uh, Matt Chapman, third baseman. He missed the end of the season this year, but he's one of the best defensive players in baseball and, uh, you know, has a bat that seems to be gradually coming along better and better, even though, I mean, he's obviously got a pretty, I had a pretty good bat in his career, but he's, um, he's seemed to get better as, as time has gone by. Um, and then they got Matt Olson, first baseman, fantastic defender, had a down year contact wise this year, but he hits for a lot of power either way. Sean Murphy, young catcher, uh, you know, had a good rookie year, top prospect. And then Jose Lazardo, I mean, Jesus Lazardo, excuse me. Um, very, very, very good uh, prospect. Lefty looks like he might be a future ace. Sean Manaya, a guy who's been there for a few years, has played really well as a as a starter, starting pitcher, has dealt with some injury issues. And uh, Ramon Laureano, a really good center fielder that um, they've had one of the best arms in baseball, has an absolute cannon. Um, so, uh, Damian, what do you think? Uh, what do you think they need to add this year? I, I still think they're probably a team that wants to contend, don't you think? Yeah, they're definitely a team that wants to contend. Um, you know, I guess starting pitching. I mean, Lazardo and, and Manaya are a good one-two, um, but you really lack. I mean, unless Chris Bassett, I mean, he's pretty solid as well. Um, I guess Frankie Montas, but yeah, they're, they're a team that go through a lot of pitchers. They they use their pitchers very sparingly. Um, bullpen, really. I mean, if you lose those three guys, that's a that's a big thing. You guys are Oakland's always been a team that you know played money ball, but they they let their their pitchers have a short leash, I should say. They they really use that bullpen to a strength. And if they're losing three key pieces there, um, you know, what are they going to do at shortstop? Are they going to bring Marcus Simeon back? Um, where if not, you got to find a, a guy that you know can can match that production because I don't think Franklin Barreto or maybe they've even traded him. I forgot by now, but. I think they did. I, I don't know who they have at shortstop that would even be a guy that they could plug in and have anywhere near the uh, capability that Marcus Simeon has. And another outfielder. You know, they, they're losing Robbie Grossman. He played a big key there. Um, you do have Steven Piscotti, and you do have uh, Loriano, like yeah. you talked about. Um, but I don't think that they want to have, like, Chad Pinder be their everyday kind of outfielder. I think him and Grossman are kind of a, a platoon option, and can't put Chris Davis out there because he can't throw the ball to save his life, um, really. But uh, but yeah, I, I, one more outfielder, shortstop, and and pitching. You know, bullpen, really pitching, and and maybe one more starter. Yeah, um, I, you know, I I'd have to agree with that. I mean, um, you can't forget about uh, Mark Canha. Can't Canha Canha. You can't forget about him too, because he was really good this year. Um, so, but yeah, um. Uh, <sighs> pretty good team you know they got some pieces coming back um this is the weakest division in baseball in my opinion um outside of maybe the nl central but it's between the the al west and the nl central um so um a's could you know with with some of the pieces they have coming back could definitely contend there um the next team um on our list uh finished second in the division but actually made it the furthest in the division in the playoffs. They beat the A's in the ALDS, went to the ALCS, even though they had a losing record. They went 29 and 31. It's the Houston Astros. So uh, what do you think? Uh, what do they lose and who are they bringing back, Damian? Yeah, they've lost a lot of key pieces as well. Uh, Michael Brantley, who's one of their you know best contact average hitters. Um, you know, Chris Davinsky, Roberto Rosunia, Brad Peacock have been – you know, Davinsky, he, he struggled the last couple of years, but in that World Series run, he was one of their best relief pitchers. Um, Roberto Ozuna, no matter what you think about him off the field, when he's on the field, he's a pretty good um, relief pitcher and was one of the best closers in baseball for a couple of years. Uh, he, you know, he had Tommy John surgery, so he's going to be out for a while as well. Um, Brad Peacock is a guy who they've shuffled back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation, um, but been a solid, solid pitcher for them. Uh, Josh Reddick's a free agent, and George Springer. So that's that's three, I would say, pretty much their starting outfield from this last year outside of Kyle Tucker um, are all free agents. So they're going to need to figure that out. Uh, they have a core, you know, their infield core we've talked about a lot with Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, um, Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurriel, um, Zach Grinke, which you have to mention, Justin Verlander as well, but he's, you know, he's on Tommy John, and he's most likely to miss this entire season. 
um, and Jordana Alvarez, who's he's more of a DH to them, but he's a he's one of the most fearful hitters at the plate. Yeah, and don't forget Kyle Tucker as well, the uh, outfielder who came up and he, you know, his first couple of years weren't weren't spectacular in the big leagues, but this past year he seemed to turn the corner a little bit. Had a pretty good year. Um, this is a team that I think needs some more pitching. Um, I definitely like, uh, obviously, Grinky, veteran guy. He's been around a long time. We know all about him. But Frambar Valdez had a really good year this year. I think he's a solid pitcher. Um, he showed that, and as any pitched really well in the playoffs too. He showed the ability to really be in a you know the middle to top of the rotation spot. Um, that I think they need a little bit more depth. McCullers is coming back, and I think he's pretty good. But they don't really have too much, and I don't know if I don't know if, if you ever have an injury there. Because McCullers has been pretty injury prone through his career, and Granky's getting up there in age. You know, you really don't have that that much left there. So um, I think they would like to add a starter in there, um, and I think they need an outfielder. They need to replace Brantley, um, Springer. They need put get somebody to throw out there. Maybe you know, there's some good outfielders on the on the. Uh, out there uh, on the free agent market, maybe a Jackie Bradley Jr. or something could go out there, you know, play good defense and hopefully get a little bit out of his bat. And I think you'll see Kyle Tucker play outfield full time this coming up year, uh, maybe replace like a Reddick out there. Um, but um, I think a, the big question for the Astros is, are, are they going to go for it again? Because the score is still pretty good. Um, especially when you talk about that infield, Correa, Bregman, Altuve, and Guriel, it's a solid, solid core in the infield. Um, so are the Astros going to go for it again, or there, there was those rumors not too long ago that they were talking about maybe trading Correa, um, you know, they're looking at different options, maybe going into a little bit of a rebuild. I, I mean, I would go for it again if I was the Astros with this core. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to get for a guy like Correa with his baggage off the world on the field baggage, I guess you would call it too, but um, through from their cheating scandal. So be interesting to see what they end up doing. Yeah. And, and they have another guy, which we forgot to mention was uh, Jose or Kitty um, is another yeah. guy that in that rotation slash bullpen. So, but uh, the next team we got is the Seattle Mariners. They went 27 and 33 this year. Um, they're in that full-fledged kind of rebuild mode. Um, they're not really losing many pieces. You're losing uh, D. Strange, Gordon, um, Brian Shaw, and Yoshi Hirano. None of those. I mean, D. Gordon. You know, at one point he was a good, good, uh, a good bat for them and a, a good. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Contributor to that team. Um, but he's not quite what he was. Um, Brian Shaw and Yoshi Hirano just were two very average or below average relievers this year. Um, you know, they do have a little bit of a nice young core uh, mixed in with a couple veterans. You have Kyle Lewis, Marco Gonzalez, J.P. Crawford, and Justice Sheffield are your young guys. Um, you know, you got Kyle Seeger and uh, Mitch Hanniger, which are on the on the more veteran side of that core. Um, but like we said, they're, they're more in the, uh, the kind of kicking off their rebuild phase or just, you know, a couple years in. So what do you got for their team needs, Matt? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing for any rebuilding team is just development. Um, Kyle Lewis, you know, rookie of the year, super good player this year. Um, you've got uh, J.P. Crawford, young guy that they got from the Gene Segura trade from the Phillies that, you know, showed a lot of potential this year. Justice Sheffield, another young pitcher, lefty, that started to turn it on a little bit this year, had a pretty good season. Um some of these young guys and then guys that are going to come out of their farm system soon. Um, they're going to be, I think they're going to be pretty solid, um, you know, in the future. Uh, they're starting to turn the corner a little bit in this rebuild. I think, um, you know, you could see them, the, the health is going to be a big issue for them. Is Haneker going to be healthy? Cause he was really good when he was healthy, but, he's been injured the last couple of years. That's been a, a theme throughout his career. So if he's healthy, that adds another good bat to their lineup. Um, you know, I think they could also add a veteran starter. A couple, they got a couple of the young guys. They got some young guys coming up out of their uh, farm system. I think they could maybe add a veteran that can stabilize things a little bit. Um, you know, have a voice in some of the young guys ears. Uh, but this is a team that still needs to, 
they, they still need to hit on some some project type players. You know, bring up a couple guys who, you know, maybe aren't hot prospects, or bring in a couple guys that come off of waivers. Maybe a couple of the non-tender uh, players. Maybe not the ones we talked about, but one of the lower, a couple of the lower ones that'll be a little bit cheaper, and uh, just see what they got in them. Um, see what they got, and hopefully have a couple more guys stick. And this team's not that far off. Uh, you get a couple more years, and a couple of these other top prospects they have come up and play well. You know, you could end up having them. You know, a lot of these guys could end up being a part of that core eventually. That when that goes to the postseason again, which it's been a long time since the Mariners have been in the postseason. So I was going to say they, 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 to they have. The, I think they have the longest postseason drought in baseball, don't they? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So. so that they're definitely a team that uh that needs to get back there soon. Absolutely. Um, speaking of a team that needs to get back to the playoffs soon, um, this is more of a uh, kind of sentimental um, because I want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs, um, but that's the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, they went 26 and 34 this year. You know they they do have a couple key pieces that they're losing um, to free agency, and uh, you got Cam Drosian, Kenya Middleton, Hansel Robles, uh, were you know three relievers who at one point or another have closed for them. Um, you know you're losing Jose or uh, Julio Tehran, who was a uh, you know a solid starter for them. Or not really for the solid for them, but he's been a solid starter in his career. <laughs> I was gonna say he yeah. was pretty bad this year. <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely a guy who's been solid in his career before. Um, you know they've traded Tommy Listella and Brian Goodwin, who we talked about in the uh, the non-tender deal with Tommy Listella being a free agent. They traded him at the halfway point. Their biggest losses in Jolton Simmons, like we talked about. Um, you know they have replaced him with with uh, Jose Iglesias, so we know Simmons most likely won't be back. Um, but th- this is a team that has one of the probably the better cores going around. Yeah, um, Mike Trout, obviously, you know, we can't say enough about him, but he's the best player in baseball. Anthony Rendon's not all that far behind him. Anthony Rendon's been really, really good for a few, three or four years now. He, you know, ever since he, you know, had a streak, streak where he was pretty healthy, he's been, um, you know, a top 10 player in baseball for sure. Um, you know, they got a couple young guys, Shohei Otani, that's still out there. You know, he's going to hit, he's going to pitch, he's going to be healthy. Um, I think health is going to be the biggest factor there. Joe Adele, who really struggled in his major league debut this year, but has a lot of talent, has showed it at every level, uh, you know, up to the major league so far. So he could definitely be a part of a, a core that wins in the future. Andrew Haney's been a really solid starting pitcher for them uh, in his career, especially the last couple of years. He's He's become a good starter. Um, David Fletcher, uh, infielder, he's been really solid. Uh, played second base most of the time, and a uh, really short guy, but he, he makes a lot of contact. He's been a solid player. Uh, you know, obviously adding a Glacius, as we talked about earlier, helps them a lot and play Simmons. And then, um, you know, they still got Justin Upton and uh, he had a bad year last year, but you never know what you might get out of him. He's always been a streaky player. So, you know, a 60 game season maybe doesn't help him too much because he might be on a bad streak, but you know, he might start off this year and be on a good streak. He's a guy who I think still has talent, the talent to be a, a solid contributor, um, and so, so I think, I think this team and I'll get, get your opinion here in a second, but I think this team needs, uh, everyone knows this team needs pitching, but they also need health and, and they need bounce backs from Upton and maybe a couple other veteran guys. Uh, but the, I think the biggest thing they need is they need this Joe Adele to develop into that guy who they think they might have. I mean, they think they might have a guy who's could, can be pair, can be compared to, some of these young outfielders that have come up like Luis Robert or Ronald Acuna Jr., um, a couple of the a similar type of player to them, but he hasn't shown it yet. So uh, what do you think their their needs are there? Uh, I mean, if there's ever a team, like you said, that, that needs starting pitching or just pitching in general, this is the team. Um, you know, this is a team that, that should absolutely go out there and be all in on a guy like Trevor Bauer. Um you know, maybe even another one. Maybe they could get Corey Kluber and re, you know, re, uh, re put him with his pitching coach from Cleveland and Mickey Callaway, and you know, get a bounce back from him. You know, they have Andrew Heaney, who's you know, who's been solid for them, um, but they need they need somebody else to go along with him. Griffin Canning, he's a, I, I feel right now he's probably a good four, maybe five, um, but 
you know that health, like you said. I mean, what's Otani going to be? Are you is 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 his arm going to hold up enough for him to pitch and pitch very effectively, um, or is he just basically going to become you know a, a full time DH? Would that wouldn't be the worst thing? I mean, outside of Albert Pujols having to play first base a lot, but I mean Otani is a very good major league hitter still. Yeah. Um, but you need to figure out what you're going to do with him. Yeah, um, and uh, an interesting thing for Otani that you know a lot of people haven't talked about too much is that if he ends up becoming a full-time position player, I think he'll play outfield because he's got good speed, and that's what he he played outfield over in Japan before he came over to the U.S. So, um, you know, I think the biggest reason that he played that he DHs now isn't because he's a bad outfielder, but because he they don't want to have a starting pitcher out there playing outfield every day with the you know extra wear and tear. So. Um, he could end up being one of their outfield uh, options too. Maybe he could. We haven't seen it yet, so I mean, there's there's nothing we, much we really know about that, at least in the major leagues. Um, and then another thing I think is you just need offensive consistency outside of Mike Trout. Um, you know, Anthony Rendon will help bring that, um, and he did this last season really. But Mike Trout does a lot, but he's a guy who you know. If you can take some of that burden off and have some of your other guys help him a little bit, that's going to make him even better. If he doesn't feel so pressed that he has to, you know, hit a home run or he has to do something impactful every single night, um, you know, that that's definitely going to help this team um, because he's pretty much carried them on his back as much as he can. Um, but you know, baseball is not a, a sport that will one guy can carry a team. Uh, it's very much a team game, so. Just need to get him some help. I mean, damn it, we want to see the best player in baseball in the playoffs because that would just be so dang fun. And, we, yeah. and we've been robbed of it. I think he said what one wild card game or, or something. He, he like played that. in the they played in the ALDS. Okay, um, so it was one series. Yeah, I think I think he might have been in there twice, but it was it was a long time ago. I think the last time might have been 2014. Yeah. Um, and they when they ran into the Royals that were playing so well that year. So, um, you know, that's been six years now so so we'll go to the last team in this division um kind oh of be the, the wrap up of this episode at least and they couldn't find a white worse place to wrap this episode up than the texas rangers um 22 and 38 this last year um you know they lost sin shu chu who's been you know cornerstone for them since they uh they signed with that big deal i would say what how long ago was that like 20? i was i think it was 20 20- no, it, well, I know he was there in 2015 because he was the in that Jose Bautista game with the yeah. And Blue I think Jay, he so. been there for a while. Yeah, he might he might have. Um, I want to look this up just so I can. He he's been tenured there for a long time. Um, you know, but they did lose Jesse Chavez, uh, who's been a solid you know reliever and sometimes he starts for him on on occasion. Derek Dietrich, who's he's not a great player, but he does what he does pretty decently, um, which is just hit home runs and, and pimp pimp them. Uh, Corey Kluber, who, I mean, he's not really that big of a loss for him because they pitched, like, what, one game, and then he tore his heck or something, and, and yeah. he's out for the year. And then, you know, Danny Santana, who's been a – he's been a solid utility bat for him, um, but he's also a free agent. So what do you what do you think about this Texas Rangers team? Uh, I mean, they're <laughs> – there's not much there. I mean, I, I, I really don't understand what they've been doing the last couple of years. Um, it sounded like they wanted to go for it this past year when they traded for Kluber, but that made no sense because they don't really have much of a core. <laughs> so, um, I mean, Shinsu Chu, Danny Santana, you know, and you obviously talk about Elvis Andrews being there too, along with Joey Gallo, this past year they were kind of expecting them to maybe take the next step or I'm not really sure exactly what their thinking was, but um, then at the deadline this year, as as they knew they they were the worst team in baseball or one of the worst, they didn't trade their best trade asset. That's not going to be there when they're good again. I don't understand that at all either. So um, their core coming into this year, is going to be Joey Gallo, um, Lance Lynn, who has been a really good pitcher the last couple of years. Um, Isaiah Kiner, Falefa, uh, who has a young guy who who is a former high-rated prospect and uh, has shown some 
some progress in his development. I think they're going to play him at shortstop this year. Um, and then went ahead and put down Roof Neto Door because he's still there on a big contract, but he has been pretty abysmal the last few years. After having a couple of really solid years for the Rangers, he was kind of part of that part of their previous core that you know took them to the postseason a couple times. Um, and the Rangers' needs are they need they need to, to commit to a rebuild. In my opinion, they need to trade Lynn in the offseason. Get get everything you can for him, but there's no need for them to hang on to him. Trade Joey Gallo. I mean, I I would trade him too. I don't really think he's a guy who ends up being a, a contributor for them when they're – I think they're a pretty long ways off from being a p- playoff contender again. Um, you know, Odor's on, you know, a huge contract, so you're probably going to have to wait for that to expire. Um, they don't really have all that many pieces to, to trade away. Uh, a couple bullpen arms maybe too, like with Jose LeClerc, maybe be able to trade him away, um, get, get some good return. And, um, I mean, hope for bounce backs. Elvis Andrews wasn't good this past year. Hope he bounces back. Hope somehow the ghost of Roof Neto Door turns into 2015 Roof Neto Door. That was actually pretty good. Um, but I just don't really see this team. I don't see this team doing much this year or for the next couple years. I think the best thing they can do is trade their top assets, get what they can, and go into rebuild mode, make good draft picks, you know, get try to get some, uh, you know, develop your young players, develop your the guys coming out of the farm. I, their farm's not horrible, but it's not very good. So they just need to add pieces for sure. Yeah, it's going to really suck for that, that organization too since they just opened that brand new ballpark and then their team's not really in that yeah. good, of a, a good of a spot to, yeah. to make it competitive. So I guess Rob Manfred will just uh, keep trying to – Put that neutral site World Series in Texas so that they'll get that uh that revenue from it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you said, this is a team that they're just they're in that full fledged rebuild. I mean, they're just kind of at the beginning of it. You know, trade Lance Lynn, hell, trade Joey Gallo right now. I mean, his his value. I mean, it's a little lower right now because he was injured this past season. Um, but you don't want to wait too long and not get as much as you could get him get from him. Uh, you know, I I still think there's quite a few teams out there that would still you know, trade you a solid prospect or two to get Joey Gallo on their, on their team. So, yeah, but, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this division, which was the American league West. Uh, we'll hit the NL East next week. And, uh, hopefully we have a little bit more, uh, some more moves happen. We don't have any deadlines to really push anything, but uh, hopefully stuff starts trickling back out. You know, it was a good a good week for us for some little rumors and with the non-tenders and, and a couple yeah. other moves that happened on top of that. But uh, I think you're gonna final wrap ups. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the non-tender deadline shows a little bit about what what we're gonna see from this off season. Um, you know, you look at the players that got non-tendered, some of them being real surprising and and mid contributors on their teams. Um, you know, it kind of goes along with that whole the money situation is going to be tight for a lot of teams um, going into the season and, and throughout this off season. So um, it, that's also backed up by the Phillies rumors coming out. Um, I mean, I think, you know, things moving along slowly. I mean, you, you're still seeing some stuff. You're seeing rumors, you're seeing teams, you know, get, make a couple, make a couple trades, not a ton of trades. Uh, you know, you get the Trevor May signing. That's one of the pretty big bullpen pieces out there. Although it's probably number two or or three uh, out of the available bullpen pieces, um, you get um, you, you just you, we're we're just moving along slowly. But I mean, you're seeing things happen. It's not it's not quite as bad as some people were gonna, thinking it was going to be, where it's just absolutely nothing happens until February. Like there were some people who were thinking that you might not see a single player sign for months. So that hadn't happened, but. Um, it's been an interesting offseason so far. Um, I think we're gonna. It's gonna be pretty wild once we get down to close to next season starting, and teams kind of figure out what they're gonna have to work with payroll wise when it comes to how much revenue they're gonna bring in next year from fans. Uh, you know or, or what the pandemic's doing. So I think that'll be a important thing to look at. Um, you know, coming coming into the start of the season, but we'll um, we'll get there and. Um, I'm excited. I think everything's um, everything's moving along as well as we could have hoped for this year. So, 
yeah this was a this was a good fun episode we had a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about and you'll you'll see that by how long it is but uh it was fun i mean i'm i'm excited yeah. that we can you know we had some some stuff to talk about and hopefully hopefully this this baseball season or, or this off season i should say doesn't doesn't drag on i mean too much longer i mean uh that moves will happen. I mean, I, like you said, I, we don't want to wait till February to have some moves happen. But usually, right around this time to Christmas is a is a time where you'll get guys who kind of want to get their futures, you know, in line before the holidays, and then kind of start looking for, you know, places in that new the new location where they sign, so they can have somewhere for the that length of that contract. But uh, this is a fun one. And uh, you got anything else you want to say? Just uh. Hope everyone stays safe out there, and we're, you know, not too much else going on. We're um, just ready to see some things happen. Yep, we're ready. So for uh, for Matt and Damien, this has been the Batflip Podcast, Episode 17. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.